Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. The thing that hip hop taught me the most is not- 60% of the time, it works every time. It smells more Chinese, you know, it? Sort of sweet and sour. You can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking and don't settle. So this is stupid. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Cool, 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 cool. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Damn! Boy, that escalated quickly. Now you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friends. back today we're joined with nasli she's based in london at the moment nasli hey what's going on how are you hey everyone thanks for coming on and i know you are a bit apprehensive when i asked you hey let's have a call <laughs> and let's record it right yeah why, why why were you a bit nervous like to just record it versus just a phone call like what what was the difference uh, i don't know because then it's just out there you know, for other people to listen. And um, it's permanent. And yeah, I'm just one of those people that doesn't really do like social media. I don't really like, you know, put my life out there. So feels quite vulnerable. <laughs> sure. And w- why are you like a government spy or something? Why do you, <laughs> why do you care? Um, why do I care? No, that's a good question. You know, I try not to. I'm trying to live by like a new motto of like what people think of you isn't your business. But yeah, I don't know really. It's just, uh, I I reckon it it comes down, like it's a bit deep, but it probably comes down to like childhood. Yeah, because I've had like counselling for like the last six months and it's really brought out some shit. So it's definitely like a from childhood thing judgment asian judgment parents all that shit yeah for sure okay do you think the people that are very social like let, let, for example do you think like me as a person that just mindlessly shares information about my life and just generally things that i find interesting do you think i care more about what people think or do you think i care less ooh 
You probably care less. Like, I, th- I would see it as you're just being you and you're just like, yeah, I'm just sharing my life. And if you're interested, then you, then you are. Then, you know, if you're not, then I don't give a shit. But it might be because I kind of know you. So I know your personality. Do you? From the podcast, right? No. We, you, do you not remember our deep fucking chats in Hong Kong? This is a great segue. Okay, so how did we meet? Let's like step back a bit so people can kind of catch up on how we met and, you know. How did we meet? <laughs> um, it was in a club in what, Guildford? Big up. Yeah. You were with um you were with Henry, you remember? Right. Um and yeah, so we were like, yeah, we just met in the club. I think I he recognized me and then we just said hello and that was it. I don't even know like how how it went down. I think we were just dancing. And then like a few days later you were like, let's go for dinner, let's hang out. Yeah, and then we went to a Japanese restaurant. Yeah, it was good. Good memory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do remember. It was weird though, because like you'd think that like you would have met in the club, wasn't really anything, just like, you know, a bit of fun. And then yeah. But you were there you were in the UK for holiday. You weren't even like living in the UK then. Which is one of those things. You were just trying to fill your diary with like dates and shit at the time, I think. <laughs> oh, is that how you think of me? Okay. All right, all right okay okay yeah so i was back in the uk to help my mom like move out of the house we were living in because i think she was moving back to asia so then i told her hey i'll I'll come back and help you move so i think i came back for like six weeks and uh, i was in between jobs so i was just about to start a new one so i was like okay well i'm taking this break and then things were going to happen once I get back to Vietnam. And that was my first design job I was walking into. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, we, we met, we went to a Japanese restaurant. I still remember that you told me years later that you were salty when we split the bill. <laughs> well, I, well, the thing is though, right? I, at the time, I don't even think it, I thought it was a date because you know, I knew you were leaving, right? So it wasn't going to turn into anything more. It was just more like hanging out. But I think I was just saying that, like, if it were a date, because I think you said you thought it was a date. And then so I was just like, well, wouldn't you have paid for it? (laughs) But, you know, I've matured now. My, you know, my ideas on that have changed. Yeah, it's interesting because after that conversation, yeah, I, I almost immediately pay for all first dates Shut I just up. I was no, like you don't. yeah yes I do I always pay for the first dates what even if you don't like the girl yeah really yeah, yeah I just Why? pay for it I'm just like whatever yeah I don't it doesn't really matter what the bill is so, sometimes I remember there was a bill that was quite a lot of money but I was just like oh, fuck it like really like if it if it's if it's the one date thing and i'm never going to see them again doesn't really matter but i think i think yeah i i agree with where you were coming from so what was your initial explanation of why you think guys should pay for the first date i think it was more cultural thing if i'm honest um i've always like been quite traditional in that sense 
where I'm like, oh yeah, the guy should treat the girl really nice and like, you know, if he wants something bad enough, then he'll like pay for it. But yeah, like I said, I, I have changed my view on that. I, I do think like, I'm happy to split the first day, I would say. But I do see it as a sign. I see it as like, a, if he's paid, then he likes me. If he's if he's splitting it, then I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> like, I still see it as a bit of a sign. No, it's interesting you've changed though. Like, why why the change? Like, So before I was like, well, it doesn't really matter, right? Like, I would show you that I like you in other ways. And paying for it is just like the polite way, right? So I'm always polite now, right? I'm always like, mm-hmm. I don't think that me paying for it is necessarily being like, you know what, I like you. I'm going to pay for your meal. Like, you know, I'm going to treat you. Right? I'm just like, hey, I'm just being polite and uh, yeah. it's the least I can do. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Um, so that's why I do it now. But before I, I was, I was just like, well, you know, we both make money, right? Like what's the mm. deal? And it should be like, you know, we don't owe each other anything. So, and then I was like, very like, well, yeah, I, I just, but I, but I, I, I get it, you know, uh, and I'll rather be, I'll rather leave a good impression. So I'm just like, well, you know, it's a date. Come on. It can't be like that crazy, right? It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But do you not see it as like over time you're like wasting a shit ton of money? Nah. No? Nah. So you don't I mean, if I thought about that, I wouldn't smoke. Yeah. Like I just wouldn't. <laughs> That's true. I wouldn't drink or I wouldn't do these things I do. I think it's just part of life. Also now, when I go out with my mom, I pay for everything. Mm. So I've developed the habit of just paying in general. Yeah. Right. Okay. But I, also it's because my life has progressed and now I can afford it. Boy. Well, I'm a fake good boy. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm good on camera, but that's it. <laughs> okay. So, and then we bumped heads. When were you in Hong Kong? Was it like 2017? I actually don't remember the year. I'm really bad with years. Okay, Some, something like that. Yeah, I think it was 2017. So I went back to Hong Kong for like two months just to kind of see if I wanted to work there, wanted to live there. And then you were like, yeah, I'll meet you in Hong Kong. Um, I was like pretty shocked. Like, you know, we'd only met each other once before that. So I was like, shit, bro. Like, you know, effort. Um, but yeah, it was, it was such good fun. Like, because before you had arrived, I was, like, you know, just doing the usual, like, local stuff. As in just, you know, walking around the shops and whatever, like, the boring shit. But then when you arrived, it was, like, partying. It was, like, amazing. What else are we supposed to do, right? Fuck. Yeah, but, like, you know, I could have gone on my own, right? Like, you would have. But I'm not really like that type. So, you know, I need like a little buddy. And um, yeah, you were like the perfect person for that. <laughs> Super chilled. Just made it really fun. Um, but yeah. No, it was, I think one of the best nights was when we were just in TST. And we were just sat there, like looking at the view, chatting listening to like the live music and we were there till like what like 4 or 5 a.m just chatting it was amazing like just deep deep stuff like (laughs) 
But it's do you, do you have that kind of relationship with some of your best mates? And like, can you talk about this shit with them, or you have to be in the mood? Um, I do, but I feel like you know, certain people have boundaries. And there are topics that, you know, you know that they don't want to touch, which is fine. Like, everyone's different. Um, but you're, like, one of those people who you can really just talk to about absolutely anything. Like, there is no judgment. There's no nothing. Like, and I think that's what I really appreciate. Because, like, with other people, you kind of have to gauge it. Like, even though, like, I'm really close with them, you know, there'll be just be things that they just don't want to talk about. Uh, or they feel like really awkward about it like it it turns into that awkward silence of like uh you know um and like I would say I'm quite an open person as well so I think to meet that kind of like like like-minded kind of person is like you know it's not actually that easy um I find I think it's a very English side of things as well, right? There's some topics that you don't speak about. We get embarrassed and we feel awkward quite easily. Like Americans, yeah. are, they don't give a fuck sometimes. They're just like, whatever. Like, you know, like there's yeah. there's certain touchy like topics that English speaks about um, or, or, or can't speak about, sorry. No, but I even get like some girlfriends who won't like talk about their periods or anything. And um, and you're just like, yeah, but it's like so natural or whatever. And, you know, I might just like say something, you know, and they'll just be like, oh, okay. And you just know that they're just like, no, let's not go towards that topic. Like, <laughs> so it is really, yeah, like you just don't know, like with different people. It's true. And I like talking shit. You know, I think uh, I found what I like doing. I'm not necessarily that good at it. <laughs> But, no. you know, talking shit is fun, man. Like, what the fuck? What else are we going to do with our days? That's true. Just say what you want to say. And mean it. Okay. And we met in Hong Kong. And I don't think we've met since, correct? No. No, we haven't. You were back in the UK again for a bit, I think. But I don't... Yes, I was. I don't, we, didn't, we didn't meet then, no. Yeah, my cousin got married in August. So I was the best man. And I... Yeah, so that was fun. And then uh saw as many friends as I could. But then at the end of the holiday, I had some plans. And I was just like, you know what, guys? I'm just going to chill with the fam. Because I really kind of missed that. Um, mm. A couple of cousins, like the younger ones, have gone to uni and stuff. And yeah, it's kind of nice having them all back at the house. Because my cousin's house was the base. Because everybody ended up staying there. And it was really cool. We just like went to the arcades we did like go-karting we did like escape rooms and we just sat there one night literally not even drinking but just talking until like 10 a.m in the morning just about family and life we asked the question do you think our parents are good parents and that was great like that was one of the deepest conversations i've ever had with my cousins because usually we talk about stupid shit right uh and just have fun but that was really cool and everybody was very mature about things you know uh, we're talking about marriage the concept of marriage finally after he got married so uh some of my views probably didn't uh go through <laughs> or dis- disregarded but it doesn't really matter um uh, yeah it was it was really cool so no that sounds amazing just to have that like no i was just gonna say yeah like, just to have that like deep conversation when like everyone's like matured 
and you're just like, wow, we're actually like adults now. We just have like proper conversations. Yeah, it's almost really weird because I haven't been in England for so long. I don't even know like who they are as a person. I know them as kids, but we only play video games together. So like, who the fuck are you, man? Like you've yeah. developed a personality at university and like, so it's kind of nice to connect. And I, I used to see this motherfucker all the time because I used to work in this restaurant and that. So that was really nice. But we haven't seen each other in a few years, but we've we've managed to sort of keep in contact yeah, what'd you, what'd you buy for groceries this week? What did I buy? Shit ton of veg. I'm like, I'm just trying to like be as healthy as possible. So like everything at the moment is just like non-processed, no meat, unless it's like organic. And then just like, yeah, just shit ton of veg, fruit, the usual. I have to like read all the ingredients now, huh? Have you seen that documentary Game Changers on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, I have. That was a good one. Although, like, when I speak to other people about it, they're just like, yeah, but there's always going to be, like, biased, like, information out there and blah, blah, blah. So, I don't know, really. Oh, so, wait. But that documentary is basically saying all the information that we've had is biased. So, and then... Are you saying that other people... Yeah, because, like, no, because I guess for, like, other people, they're, like, thinking, well, you know, we've eaten meat for so long. Like, why, you know... And there are, like, healthy people out there who do eat meat, right? So I think for them it's, like, it either makes you ill or it doesn't, and there's no, like, in-between. Whereas I'm very much, like, you know, everyone's got different bodies, everyone's unique, and you just have to find what works for you like because genetically we're all you know we're all completely different so you can't just say like what works for one person is going to be the same for someone else yeah genetically i'm black (laughs) i can see that but everybody tells me i'm asian and i'm like what are you talking about yeah like (laughs) mate you wish you were black (laughs) <laughs> what <laughs> i am i am no 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 yeah i, I tried the plant base for a while oh it was hard it, it was hard to get into it and then it got easier and easier but i just realized how much meat we consume as humans even like mm. walking to like a food court couldn't find anything that was like or like one shop that was plant-based and it was it was weird but i've reverted back to meat i'm just like being more conscious of what I consume and is it both like a health thing and an environmental thing for me it's more health it's more health but I do see the environment benefits of it yeah I just wanted to try it you know like there's this whole biohacking community out there that just does lots of random shit to their bodies so I'm like oh let me try it yeah like fasting like the the cold showers so you're like trying all these like no, I, I, I'm I'm the same as you. Like it was a it was a health thing first, um, and then if I get to like you know save the environment, then like great. Yeah. Like I don't know priorities, right? Yeah, priorities. yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. But it wasn't a health thing in terms of like I uh, I don't have I would say any major health issues. It was just like well I feel like shit. I'm not working out as much. Like, at least I could try to figure out, like, what a good balance is. And I felt 
it helping, like being a vegetarian or being plant-based. And then it also made me more conscious about what I consume and opened my eyes to like, how much shit do we put inside our body? Like, I, I've never thought of that, right? Mm. Smoke lots of weed, always been drinking, you know, like I've always loved like bacon and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah. my God, like it's just quite funny to to change. Maybe I'm just getting old as well. Who knows? Well, no, I, I went through the same thing. Like I'm doing it now where I'm like looking at every single thing I eat with a magnifying glass. Like if I'm buying something in a jar, like what the fuck is in this jar? And you realize that it's actually really difficult to get things without e-numbers and like preservatives and additives and stuff. And it's just crazy. Like, and there's not always like good alternatives as well. So then you have to resort to like making it yourself, like in another way. But yeah, you just don't realize until you focus on it. And then you're like, wow, it's like really like mind opening as well. Because it's all about making money. Like, the amount of shit that goes into, like... Like, there is no need to have, like, all the sugar that is in products. Mm -hmm. But it's there just to, like, make it addictive. Um, And, like, yeah. Just all these foods are addictive. Meat's addictive, I would say. So addictive. Yeah. Why don't you tell us more about yourself, Natalie? Because I think that's quite interesting. Who are you, bro? (laughs) Well, you say it's interesting. I would say it's pretty standard. Um, so I'm British-born Chinese. I was born in northwest London. Um, and then, <laughs> then I was... Uh, I lived in Hong Kong for a few years when I was, like, around four or five. Um, and then came back to London after that where I couldn't even speak any English. So I was like full on Canto. And then... Good job now, though. You've kind of learned quite well. So well done. (laughs) Good progress. (laughs) And then after that, um, yeah, just moved to Surrey, where I kind of grew up and went to university and then started working. And then since then, like, I've just moved into London. So... My life's pretty basic, bitch. You can't say that, mate. <laughs> well, it is like you've yeah, but you've lived in like Asia. You've gone to Mexico. Like you know, I haven't I haven't moved yet, but it's on my list. So okay, well, I mean, maybe we can just touch into that. Like, why do you want to move, and uh, you know, or where do you want to move? Rather, like, what are the reasons and location? Um, so I really want to move to Singapore. Mainly because, so firstly, I want to move to Asia just because I feel like I'm kind of missing a bit of that connection. Like I grew up in the UK and like, obviously I I identify as like British born Chinese, but like, it's, I don't feel that British. Like, it's really weird. Like, I think growing up, I grew up in a very white area and I always felt out of place. Like, I just didn't have the same, like, interest. Like, everyone, like, I don't know if you, like, know, but I just don't really drink. So that kind of drinking culture is, like, a massive part of, like, being British. And I was just never really into it. It might be because I'm, like, probably allergic to alcohol. (laughs) Like, I just go bright red. 
but yeah I feel like it was that and like just like them understanding me like my culture like not being able to just go out whenever I want to and like having the strict parents you know like things like that it was just so different so I always felt like there was like something missing in terms of like friendship um so yeah I just think moving to Asia like um people would just be way more understanding and I do find that when I'm in like a room of like just like random people I always gravitate towards like Asians and we'll always end up like chatting and I don't know if it's the same with you or like with other Asians but I find that I always do that um just naturally and I don't feel like it's forced on my part either it's not like I'm like beelining for the like every single Asian but I just feel like it's very natural so yeah I just kind of want to experience being immersed in the Asian culture and I feel like Singapore's a good mix for that because it's still like westernized in its own way and yeah and they speak english which is perfect and you know and then and then it's all like the boring stuff where it's like a good place to settle down like have a family um you know crime rate is so low over there um low taxes you can get a fucking maid for cheap (laughs) so yeah there's like yeah there's quite a few reasons i would say to like wanting to go there pretty certain then it sounds like it's already decided right yeah I mean I've looked at like other places but like you know Hong Kong it just seems a bit unstable at the moment no one knows where it's going politically or we do but you know we don't want to you know say it and then like the US it's very difficult to kind of get into so yeah I just feel like it's just one of those places where you know expats seem to be pretty happy yeah, you're right. I think, yeah, Singapore does, it's, it's the perfect mix between East and West. And it's uh, the best place to take baby steps in terms, because it's Asia that doesn't feel like Asia. Like the weather mm. feels like Asia, but a lot of things don't feel like Asia. And, you know, it, it it's great. And all the points that you mentioned is, is of course, valid. But when you when you were speaking about this, it seems like it's a long-term thing. Like you're thinking about it in like years, what's going to happen years down the line or even potentially like decades, right? It's, it's, but my devil's advocate point is why? Like why? It could just be a year. And then you're like, all right, well, don't really like that place. Made some money. Maybe haven't saved it as much. Like, it, like for me, it's more about the experience of the place and what you can do there. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Like who the fuck cares, right? Yeah, but see, I think that's why you're more, like, free-spirited. Like, I think I'm just trying to... I'm, like, more of a planner. I like to have, like, my little life plan in front of me and, like, okay, like, this is what I'm going to do. And, like, yeah, you're right. It might not work out, and that's also fine. But I think I just... Like, I want to kind of, like, settle in one place and be like, okay, this is my home. And I feel like the UK just isn't a good place for that. So, you know, I've had to just look at other options. But yeah, I just, um, who knows? You're right. Like, we could, I could change my mind when I get there. It might be, like, too hot for me or something, but... So, um, do you know when the move is happening or is it just something that you're, like, slowly looking at and you're not rushing into it? Um, Well, now with everything going on it's kind of been put on hold like I'm not 
like actively looking for anything I was before like coronavirus but yeah now I'm just kind of like taking it easy just see where the economy is going really and then just probably like end of this year beginning of next year if possible just like start looking again but yeah like did you just decide to move to Asia one day and then like pack your bags and go or like did you do you have like a massive plan so my dad had always wanted to retire in Vietnam and he's been slowly incepting the idea when we were kids I always had uh, I think since I was like 15 or 16 I was always like I want to work in Hong Kong because Hong Kong in the movies seem like amazing right like mm. great place to be I've always been to Vietnam but I was like no nah, I don't I probably wouldn't live there and then when I went I basically worked like three jobs at one point for this for six months and then was like okay well if I don't find anything in six months that I'm happy with I will just go on um, another six month stint do the whole Southeast Asia thing and then, yeah, uh, I was there and then I got a job and decided to stay and just to see where it leads to. And it has led to great, amazing experiences. But it, I, I had never like decided I wanted to move everything, right? It was only after I got there, then be like, okay, I, I get it now. Because like I've now I'm in Bangkok. I'm like, yeah, I probably wouldn't. Like I'm not super attracted to this city. There's just this vibe that it's really cool, but something about Vietnam that I, I'm always like, "Wow, well, what is what is this?" Because I'm always comparing. I'm always comparing. Uh, maybe it's because I've just had a good start there, and, and that's why it's got a special place. But yeah, I mean, I'm also open to going to anywhere. Um, yeah, I, I also have developed a, a thirst for planning ahead, but I know it has to be loose. Otherwise, I would be like, you know, my expectations would be too high and then I could never fulfill it, right? And this is what happened basically with this job. It was, the expectation was too high. I only made a decision until I was, yeah, I was like interim decision. It, for me, it was just like, oh, well, seems like the best option now and I'm just going to take that opportunity, I guess. So then had you been to Vietnam like quite a lot growing up? So you knew what so different though. So no, no, I did not know what I was getting into. Really, I did not know. Yeah, yeah, but I had been out and met some people the first like week or two I was there, and I was like, "Whoa, this is cool." Okay, so expats are a thing. I didn't know that, right? Vietnam, especially because it's third world. That's what I'm thinking from my childhood, right? Mm. Uh, Being babysat around these places. And I met, just met some people and I was like, wow, how are you guys living? This seems really good. What are you doing? Like t- teaching or uh, this girl's working for an NGO. And she basically showed me the ropes of like the cool places, where to go. Uh, and we kicked it for a while. But yeah, like that was cool. And I basically slowly, you know, peeled back the layers of the onion. And it was, it was amazing. Because I felt it was so just crazy when I was out there. Like it was a lot for me and it's the first time I've experienced something like that and I was just like mind blown and it was just so chaotic and you know like people say oh you know you go to New York you go to London it's crazy whatever you you don't know until you've been to like Vietnam and there's like mopeds just everywhere like no traffic laws (laughs) like it's crazy 
um, I can see why you would be like really enticed by that. For me, I was just like, it's cool for like a week. And then I'm like, oh my God, it's too much now. Like I can't breathe, like, you know. But it was it was beautiful over there. Like the food, like I need to go back for food. Like it was just so good. Yeah, the, the food is crazy. Yeah, I've gotten so much Vietnamese food since I've been here. Yeah. Okay, so you're, you're doing the, thinking about moving to Asia, but you don't know when you're going to pull the trigger. All right, so why don't you tell us what you're doing with your time these days? Like, are you, like you're working from home. What field do you work in? So I'm in finance, um, specifically treasury. So yeah, I followed the, uh, the parents' request of going down the finance route. So yeah, I, I'm in finance and I've been, yeah, been there since university. So I did an economics and finance degree. And do you think that shaped or helped shape your personality in terms of planning? Yeah, because like my role now is is project management. So I feel like it's like in my blood and I actually really enjoy like the process of it. Like I used to be more creative when I was younger, but I think I kind of like suppressed it because I was actually going to do a course in like art and design at college. And then my dad was like, you have to do maths as well on top of that. And then I was like, oh, okay. Like, so I went to the college and then they were like, oh, sorry, you can't do both. You can only do one. So then I completely switched, changed college and just did everything academic, like accounting, IT, maths. So yeah, I really like squashed that creative side of me. But yeah, I think um, it has definitely shaped who I am, like just having to go logical all the time. So yeah, definitely. Isn't there an element of being creative in project management because you're dealing with so much chaos and it's like problem solving. So it's like you almost have to be creative in how you solve problems, right? Um, creativity in problem solving, a little bit. Like I do have to look into more like different technology if I want to like solve a problem. Like I do get that kind of flexibility, which is great. But it's not creative, like free flow, you know, everything is still very regimented within my problem solving. Do you know, uh, do, uh, do you work in like an agile sort of format? Do you know what that is? Um, yeah, so I've heard of it, but like, I don't use it. Like, I, I just create my own spreadsheets and stuff. We're a bit like basic like that. Um, yeah, because my role's not really defined as like proper like project managers they don't give me like the software it was kind of like carved out for me just because they needed someone to like manage all the like global implementations um so yeah I've kind of like built the role myself essentially that's cool so it sounds like you're enjoying it and is there a chance to like switch what you're doing now to a, a new role like the company obviously has offices everywhere right so yeah yeah and I wish that I could like travel more but this company's uh <laughs> is not really kind of open to that like they they love um so I work for a Japanese company and they love like bringing the Japanese over um but they don't really send people out that much and because I you know it is a technology company they want to like you know embrace that technology I guess oh then you've definitely heard of agile i mean 
agile is like ubiquitous in tech right like the like how you work together but i i'm not really sure about the finance field so i don't know how much that's adopted it but okay what technology is it like what do you invent technology like what what sort of tech no so it's like um like cloud based services and um like <laughs> the hardware side of the, is that not <laughs> no that is mate that's exactly <laughs> what i'm talking about is it a software as a service do you know what i don't act- you don't know what kind of company you work for? What no, is because that's on? like that's like part like a very like a smaller part of um, the business. Like the main business is like more hardware, mm-hmm. so okay. more like you know printers or you know the the like little whiteboards and things like that. Okay, got it. All right, that's cool. That's cool. But it's a it's a a tech company essentially. Interesting. Okay. Well, have a look into Agile because maybe there are some ways to help you run your teams, help you uh, establish rituals, you know, uh, establish principles that you could agree on as a team or help you juggle workflows, uh, handle emergency requests, like lots of stuff, right? That was kind of born from software development because it was changing so rapidly and it's not really just for software development it's really for teams trying to adapt to change and basically uh, these are like broad manifestos and principles around how teams should behave at work and it's very it's very high level and then there's some techniques like scrum right or kanban that could be implemented within inside agile and uh yeah these are essentially project management sort of tools that lots of companies are using it it doesn't work in for example um, engineering or architecture right but for like software development or even potentially hardware development right like uh, on a on a very small scale but check it out check it out anyway right riff over When I spoke about starting the old YouTube and making videos, Natalie was also like, damn, I want to do it too. And (laughs) please tell us the whole concept and the reason why. And uh, yeah, just want to hear your story about that. Yeah. So I have um, an autoimmune disease. Um, And for those who don't know, I have lupus nephritis which is um, an autoimmune disease whereby it affects your kidneys and um, it's essentially when your immune system is hyperactive and starts attacking its own body. So I guess like my motivation behind like YouTube for this reason is just to like raise awareness. I feel like it's given me like an opportunity to say, you know, I've got something that you know I I think people should know about and you know I've had my own journey and I think other people could learn from it and yeah it's just an experience I guess that I want to share so yeah there's um I've started kind of like doing like some videos on you know like how it's all going with my treatment um because I recently had like a flare-up at the worst possible time but yeah, that's essentially what it is. It's just raising awareness. I, re- I like when I first heard about this idea, I was like, wow, that's that's the best 
reason to do something, right? Like one, you're raising awareness, so you're providing knowledge and education. Like you're you're trying to just share your experience, and that's great. I I think there's uh, I think more people need to kind of do that, so it's like less taboo and awkward, and people can find the necessary help. And from from that point of view. And then also too, it's like the way you're dealing with disease is that you're you're not saying okay, well, it's one. I'm just going to be depressed all the time. You're saying, well, you know, it's my chance to like create. You know, that's kind of your creativity side, just like coming out of you, although you've suppressed it uh, for a while. And you know, you're actually doing something that's awesome that you believe in, and, and that. And it's all manifested from, you know, potentially a, a really depressing place, right? And that's why it's really fucking cool, like, to to hear about it. So, I, you know, I wish you the best of luck. I think it's going to go amazing as long as, you know, you have all the support around you to, to help you to do the videos and, and everything. I think you'll be fine. Are there communities out there that uh, deal with this issue? And how, how rare is the disease itself? Um, do you know, autoimmune diseases as a whole is a massive thing. Like, I think way more people than we realize have an autoimmune disease. And, you know, like we've spoken about before, like with everything that we eat, like it's not a surprise, like the amount of E numbers, chemicals, hormones, antibiotics, you name it, every shit's in food. And like, it's such an inflammatory thing for your body and I think people just don't realize that right yeah we're genetically made you know in a different way so you know and I believe that you know genetics is it doesn't determine whether you get ill it just determines what illness you get so I think everyone needs to like you know really focus on what they put in their bodies because you just don't know what's going to come out like if you just do whatever you want like treat your body like shit basically so yeah it's like super common and lupus is actually massive for asian black and hispanic women don't know why it must be like a genetic thing but yeah it's it's massive but in terms of communities like yes there's the usual like lupus community or whatever but like i i haven't personally met anyone on those and it's probably my fault, like, I haven't actively, like, searched up or anything. But um, I find, like, most of the people on there are, like, a bit older as well. So that was another thing about YouTube. Like, I, I'm doing it so that maybe I can, like, connect with other people, like, younger people who have it. Because I actually don't know anyone else who has it, even though it is, you know, autoimmunes are, like... You know, I, I know people with other autoimmune diseases, but not lupus specifically. Um, and I guess it's something that's not advertised, um, as in, like... Like, if you saw me, you wouldn't be like, yeah, she has a, an incurable disease. Like, it's not physically, like, visible. So it's just one of those things. Like, you just don't know. When did you find out you had it? I found out when I was 24. So I'm 29 now. Yeah, when I was 24, I found out. I was just having, like, all these symptoms appear in one in one go and I was like shit like I was blaming it on my exercise that I was doing I was like oh it's because I'm not doing my yoga properly like that must be causing my joint pain and I was just like blaming it on other other things because you know when you're 24 it's like who thinks they're gonna have like a disease but you know it's taught me so so much like just about 
even like my mental health like how important that is to like keep that positive and just to like you know like things like meditating and just like positive affirmations gratitude like all of those things like I've learned through my disease so like I I don't see it as like a negative it's like there's a silver lining that's awesome that's a great perspective to have and that's that's brilliant well said so what can we expect from your channel like what what kind of stuff are you gonna talk about so I'm kind of wanting to go through like obviously my journey um just so that you know people can understand it a bit more like the process of like um going through like treatment and stuff and then I want to like talk about the things that kind of helped me get through it so like you know my diet just like keeping my mental health in check even things like how to deal with like the side effects of like being on like steroids like there is a shit ton of side effects that you get like I'll tell you one like so they it changes your fat um distribution so it moves your fat distribution to your like your face the back of your neck and your like abdominal area and you're just like who the fuck invented this like medicine which moves your fat to all the worst places you can possibly think of like why couldn't it have moved to like my boobs and my ass you know it would have made my life like so much easier <laughs> you would have got a promotion you would have you know moved to singapore already i would have been at the height of my career like at 24 mate like yeah I just it's just crazy and you're just like how do you deal with this shit like when you're a 24 year old and you're so conscious about how you look and then you suddenly you've got like like I didn't even recognize my face when I like looked in the mirror one day like it takes like maybe two weeks to kick in and you're like holy shit like who am I and you know you still have to get on with like everyday life as well so you know, like going to work and everyone's like, what the fuck happened to you? Like, you know, so I just want to share like, you know, how did I kind of deal with that as well? And like, even just like the fashion tips to like deal with like covering the body in the right places, like it's actually makes a massive difference. Um, so yeah, it's just things like that. Just like tips really. All right. Show me the back of your neck. It's literally the one place that I actually don't have it. Like, I have the face, obviously, and the abdominal area. But, like, yeah, the back of the neck, I don't know. I got lucky there, mate. (laughs) First ever time I've, like, show me the back of your neck. I've never asked someone (laughs) that. Okay. I had a question that I, I, I might have lost. Oh, yeah. What are the other alternatives to steroids? Um, so... There aren't really like there's there's treatment that you can you take alongside steroids. So like at the moment now that I've relapsed, I've had to go on like a mild chemo treatment. Um, so I've had like my first infusion. I had that like uh, two weeks ago. Got another one tomorrow. So yeah, that obviously like kills your immune system down, so that it just stops attacking your organs. And then, and then they they give you like this other immunosuppressant medication whilst you're withdrawing on the steroids. 
but yeah, steroids is just like crazy. And I wish there there was like another, you know, another way to deal with it, but um, unfortunately there isn't. What does steroids do to your immune system as a whole? So the specific type uh, of autoimmune disease is living inside your kidney, right? Like that, like it's lupus like, is um, a kidney based one. Yeah. The one that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so what does steroids actually do to your kidney in that sense? It, it just suppresses that immune system and makes it slower or what? Yeah. So it's not actually doing anything to the kidney. It's more like the immune system. Like, cause it's all about the immune system. My, my immune system is like attacking like my body so we need to like stop that right there um so yeah it's about controlling the immune system and you know controlling like inflammation okay and and steroids help you regulate the immune system right i think it just like reduces it and like i mean i i don't know like as a like because i'm not a doctor i don't really know exactly like how it all like really works um i just kind of take my pills like a good girl every day and then like and then my kidneys become better yeah I, I mean maybe making these videos you'd also have to dive into more stuff around it so and then not only are you speaking about the topic eventually you'll become an expert right yeah yeah I've definitely done like more research into like the medication and stuff like that I think it's more like it's one of those things with lupus where you just know you have to take steroids. So it's just like, well, you just take it. There are no other alternatives and it is widely used. Would you be open to not taking steroids and trying some maybe, uh, what do they call it? Chinese herbal medicine. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, why not, right? Like that's Western medicine there's eastern medicine there's all these other herbs like what was what like esoteric no i don't remember the word do you know what i i do believe in like herbal medicine i mean i don't i'm not saying that i would like just walk into like a, any old chinese like herbalist shop and be like yeah all right give me your shit because i don't trust a lot of the stores but i think it's more of the thing where like western medicine will kick it in its ass and like get rid of whatever the problem is you know like there and then I think herbal medicine just takes a very long time and it's a prolonged process and I think if someone were to like just not use steroids and go with herbal medicine I think it would be quite dangerous because I actually like the first time I went through my course of treatment I reduced my steroids myself because I didn't want to be on them. I was in like a really bad place where I was like, I can't take these anymore. Like the side effects are too bad. And I started reducing them myself without telling my doctor. And then about six, seven months later, my lupus like came back. So I relapsed again. So since then, I've just been like, you know what, I'm going to do my course at the same time, you know, I'll feed myself like healthily, I'll do all the other things that I can do. But I have to stick to Western medicine, because, you know, I don't know any better, like I'm not a doctor. So I don't want to chance it. Yeah, I think there might be a healthy combination, especially, you know, when you move to Asia, and when you make that move. Uh, the combination of 
Eastern Western medicine together, right? Because I think potentially there could be benefits, you know, as you said, in, in the long term, because it's a very slow process. Like Western medicine is good at like combating, like you're very reactionary, right? It's like, fuck, I'm ill. Let me give me some pills, man. Mm. Right. But Eastern medicine is, is like preventative measures. Like you're, 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 you're helping the body or you're strengthening the body so it can adapt to different things. And those are two very different philosophies. Right. So maybe there's a combination that could help you, you know, in the future. My sister actually went to this doctor that studied like that is in Hong Kong and she studied uh, to become a doctor in, in the traditional Western way. Right. But and then she specialized in like the the Eastern way, like acupuncture. So she can she walks both worlds. And when my sister had like different pains and and different things, even my parents actually went to see her. And the way that she explained how Eastern medicine work in such a Western way, do you know what I'm saying? Like breaking it down to like science, because a lot of times when we hear about Eastern medicine, it's all like drink this dirty tea and then you'll get an erection for two hours. And it's not like, you're like, what? Like, how does this what work? What have you man? been taking, mate? <laughs> Don't need it. Well, I might 10 years later. I can't touch wood, touch wood. But um, yeah, like, you know, I, I just think it has a bad rep, right? For people that are non-Asian, they're just like, what is this tiger penis shit, man? Like, this is crazy, right? They don't see like the like the long-term benefits. Yeah, there's 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 no surprise that the oldest people in the world, like, there's a massive population that are fucking Asian, right? Like, we know mm-hmm. what we're doing. the The roots of Eastern medicine go back five thousand, maybe more years, right? It's it's definitely has its roots in some good things. Not saying everything is good, but a lot of it is, you know, well studied and uh, yeah. Anyway, that was a little rant about medicine. Uh, (laughs) Clearly, I know nothing about it, so let's move on. Okay. I don't know if the people listening can tell, but obviously me and Natalie are very different. So I would... and, and, And I didn't say this, right? I'm not like... Oh yeah, we're different, but Natalie is just like, oh yeah, we're so different. So I actually kind of want to want your take on how we are different and why do you think we are different? Because I'm black. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's like very, very obvious. I think when we first met, I, I could see it already. Like, number one, you're like an alcoholic, or you used to be. <laughs> Still am. Party a lot. You're definitely a free spirit for sure. You're creative. Yeah, I just feel like we are like opposite ends of the spectrum for sure. Like I'm, you know, I'm practically like teetotal, right? I love to plan my life. I like to be in control. I've never even smoked a cigarette. I'm super conservative with like life decisions. I'm just like really logical and practical. Like that's how I I try to be and I sound really fucking boring right now. (laughs) and yeah I mean like obviously I've changed as I've grown and like gone through different life journeys and stuff but like I feel like the the very like basic me is like very opposite to you but where I think we connect is like on that deeper level where we're able to like talk about anything and like just openly chat I agree I agree I well (sighs) That's the funny thing. This is quite interesting 
So I, I think I am quite free spirited. So I, I definitely agree there with the whole like planning things. I'm actually, I'm quite obsessed about that stuff. Like what kind of planning? Setting like life goals. Okay. And even work goals, even work goals. So I, I have a whole method to my madness. I even wrote an article about it, actually breaking it down. Yeah, like how to do it. Basically setting goals based on your values, right? And this isn't something that I made up, right? It was like something we did at in my previous job where my colleague was reading a book back from Australia and he was like, oh, this is a really good way to help my direct reports, like kind of figure out what they want and then align it with company goals and team goals. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of grew over time. So then I just wrote about it because that's what we were doing and we were trying it out. So actually I'm quite, I am quite a planner. I do like to do that. And in the past, I would say year, two years, I've been doing so much planning. Like basically as a head of design, that's kind of what I do. I don't really design. Like I, I am the guy that's like, okay, well, what do we need to do? What's the next step? How do we need to approach it? Like process building and, 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 uh, project planning and all that stuff so yeah and I talk shit about it all the time so would you say like on a macro level you're a planner but like when it comes to like you know your day-to-day or whatever you're just pretty free-spirited so like you'll plan to like you know go on a holiday but when you're there you're like free-spirited and you'll just do yes. whatever you want. You're spontaneous. Yeah. Whereas like when I go on holiday, I have a fucking itinerary. And I want to know like which which restaurants I'm going to, like all this stuff. Like, I mean, it's partly like based on uh, the fact that like I don't want to tire myself out too much because of my illness. But like still, like I'm a, I'm a planner. So yeah. And I feel like you would like go on a backpack holiday don't really give a shit like where you're gonna sleep that night you know that kind of thing and I'm just like no I need to know like where I'm gonna be (laughs) I think I was definitely like that in my early to mid 20s I'm not like that anymore like I would be like all right let's go to this country let's go to Sri Lanka for example right but I yeah I'm I'm like okay well we're staying somewhere that's not a fucking hostel, right? With 12 people sleeping in the same room mm. and with a shared bathrooms, like not doing that. Um, so in terms of letting it flow, like itinerary wise, like things to do, then I'm like, okay, well maybe there's like top three and then I'll see how it goes because I think that's how we should soak up travel experiences. If you have an itinerary of spot a spot b spot c and then it's like your whole day's full it's like you're just trying to check off a list without really kind of like getting it in right sometimes plans change so we we know that planning too much is, is not good right i mean mike tyson says everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face so like it's so <laughs> and like life punches everybody in the face like every like all the time you have this perfect plan always breaks down and then you get upset and then you're like fuck, why am I upset all the time? Well, it's because you're over planning, right? But we can't help that. So broad strokes, I love it. Details, if you need it, if it helps you think about something, great, right? Like if you're trying to solve a problem, try to get all the kinks out, but realize that it'll never be, you know, 99%. But yeah, I, I do like it. Actually, the process of planning helps you like think about things like quite detailedly, right? You're breaking things down and yeah, I've definitely 
yeah, tr- I guess try to be more organized. Like one part of one part of me is just like, why can't I just hire a fucking assistant that's like that does all this, and so then I can just like be free spirited or be like the recklessly creative, which is yet to be seen. But don't you enjoy the process of like thinking about like your plan and like you know creating it because it's your life right like you know you get to like think about life without boundaries and I think sometimes that's like the enjoyable part about like planning yes I definitely do like that like any anything that helps me think outside the box however cliche it is I'm always like I'm always like "Hmm, okay well does it have to be like that but this is how much I enjoy planning or like you know a a framework or a regiment Mm. I have this stuck onto my fridge and it's basically things that you record night and day. So let me just read some of this stuff out to you. Yeah. Uh, this is, I didn't make this. I just took some of it from different books and then I put it down. So in the daytime you wake up and you're supposed to fill in. What are you most excited for today? Right. And then three things uh, you're grateful for. And then your number one of today, right. Your only, the most important task that you definitely need to finish. Right. So that's the day. And then at night, you reflect back on the big and small wins, three of them. Like, what did I achieve? What went well? Right. And then three people that you've connected to that day. Very hard in Miss Rona. And then some other personal goals, like, did I exercise today? Tick. Veggies, tick. Meditation, tick. Fasting, tick. And then the other thing is, what didn't go so well? One thing that didn't go so well, or multiple things, however you want to do it. And then what are the learnings that you know, how do you be better, basically? Like, so it's forcing you in that habit of, like, not just hating that things didn't go wrong, but what did you learn from it and how could you do better? So then I was trying to do that every day. And this is just, like, just on a very micro basis, right? It's very, like, into the yeah. weeds, your daily habits. But, and then, like, I have I have all this shit. I used to plan goals, like, six months, 12 months, one year, two years, three years, and then five years, like have those bucket of time. And then I would, and then at the beginning of the year, I would then map it out with post-its and then do it. So like, even now, if I show you this spreadsheet, I've got the goals for all this, all this year, but I've been doing it like probably since 2016, um, this sort of planning of of my life. Sometimes it doesn't work. I mean, most of the time I hit like 40% of the goals, but goals change, right? So it doesn't really matter. But the process of doing it forces you to think about things. So I do, I, like, the concept of it is great. It, it's very thought-provoking, right? Like, Yeah, and I feel like everyone should sit down and, like, really look at their goals and their life. Because I think you can just easily just carry on, like, mindlessly walking through each day, like, without even, like, noticing what's going on. And then before you know it, you're like, shit, I'm, like, 30, I'm, I'm 40, I'm 50. And you're like what have I done? Um, and I'm like yeah. so scared to like wake up and like regret my life. But you know, everyone is so different. Like my boyfriend is, he's a bit of a, he just likes to be content. He has his hobbies, which is traveling, but like, he's not like, um, yeah, he's not like a goals planner type person. And he's fine with that. Does it piss you off? No, it doesn't. Just because, you know, he's allowed to be like that, right? Sure he is. As long as he doesn't impact me negatively and he doesn't, like, stop me from doing what I want to do or, like, not support me, then it's absolutely fine. Like, if he's happy, then, yeah, then that's fine. Like, 
but we he's the one who encouraged me to like travel a lot like before in my mind I was like oh yeah I just need to go to all like the the usual places like you know Spain New York you know all those typical like tick the box places but now like you know we're planning like a safari we've been to like Machu Picchu we want to go to like South America you know it's like yeah there's like so many places that he's like opened up my mind to that I wouldn't have thought of like going to before that's very cool yeah it's it's, it's very hard to force other people on your philosophy of life right I mean I try to do it all the time I mean just because I'm very preachy I'm like what well you don't do this oh, come on like, you know uh but yeah it's that's not the way to live, right? If if someone has a different view and a different approach, then you've you've kind of got to just let them figure it out, right? And it's only when they ask for help or or you think they really need it, then you can kind of nudge them in the right direction. But I don't know if it's natural for you. Yeah, I always believe that like if someone like wants your advice, then they're going to be open to it. If you've just like pushed it on them they're gonna automatically be quite defensive so I always find that I it's about like gauging our situation with someone because yeah. everyone is very defensive like as an in an offset like that's what I found like even at work like the way you approach people at work if you just go in like no that's like I don't think that's right or whatever that's it like shit hits the fan I found that out the hard way Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't really know what Thai working culture was like. So, yeah. Yeah, there was some definitely some struggles. And, of course, it informed my decision in terms of leaving. And also, I didn't want to deal with it, right? That you, like, you fight the battles that you want to fight. And then if you if you can't win, right, then there's you, you count your losses, right? I'm just going to retreat. Like, I'm not going to, like kill everybody just to prove a point right i don't want to do a suicide mission type thing like that's not you know i i why should i bleed for something i don't believe in right like why would i fight about all that it's inherently um against my my philosophy yeah but it, it's definitely a learning experience it's definitely a learning experience so that's good so is thai culture quite different to vietnamese culture at work Ooh, in general it is uh at work it's similar in some senses but remember i've only been working for american companies That's or non-vietnamese yeah. companies and it's right. very like to the thing like call you out on your bullshit you know it's very just like go get it and obviously in startup culture is also very different right it depends what like you know the founders and, and the people they hire and all that stuff, right? So the last company I was was from Silicon Valley and the CEO was from Google, stayed there for like four or five years, saw it grow from a few hundred people to, you know, 15,000 or whatever. So he's had that mindset bringing the company in. He built a company before that, which had the same, like, you know, mindset and stuff. So it was so different, right? You can just, you go to work and you're like, shit, awesome people around me, I can then band together people cared about their work in what like different ways i think people still care in this company but not the same way uh you know i just felt i couldn't adapt 
quick enough and then i questioned like i, I took some time to reflect i was like do i even want to adapt to that way because it was driving me insane like i thought mm. i was the shithead right and then and i would always remember that my sister was saying this so she was she was working for ck when she was a fashion designer she was like i would come into work and do the work that i do um you know that i've been doing for a decade plus but at the end of the day when we were to review the designs or review whatever my work i felt like i was the crazy one and i was you know like that i was underperforming for some reason that i was doing something wrong but i know what i'm doing and the things i'm doing are very good so it caused a more emotional pain that basically her previous jobs also did exactly the same but this one basically just tipped the scale right and she's she's been really unlucky in terms of like that stuff happening in her work life which has then like killed her confidence killed her creative confidence and i think you really need that as a creative person right especially in the fashion industry right and i don't want this place to do that to me right like i i can see it already starting to kind of flare up some imposter syndrome in a in a nasty way like not in a i really want to learn i really want to be better but more like oh shit I'm wrong and I can never be right. I need to, I need to like fit in more. I need to like. So you didn't think that adapting would have brought any like positivity to your life at all? Well, if I want to navigate Thai political culture, but I don't give a fuck about that (laughs) shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, who the fuck cares, man? Yeah, fair enough. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like do something interesting, do something new, do something that you know that i could be like oh super proud of it i don't want to be like oh i kiss mm. so-so's ass like that's not mm. work for me like that's yeah yeah that's free no i'm joking yeah free spirited animal yeah anyway sorry i, I always go back to this conversation just because i've been thinking about it and it's one of those subjects that i actually uh yeah i could talk days about you know it's just me complaining and venting right or <laughs> whatever it is okay uh before we wrap up Nestle thought that it would be a good idea <laughs> to have some rapid fire questions or quick fire questions. So, what what are you thinking here? Uh, one each, or how how do you want to do it? Um. Yeah, we take it in turns. Three each. Okay. Cool. 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 All right. Um. I'll let you start, as it seems like you've already prepared these burning questions. Of course. Well, I'm going to start off with an easy one, just to ease you into it. If you had to pick one cuisine to eat for the rest of your life, which one would it be and why? Chinese. Um, It's basically my default cuisine. And there's so many variations because China is huge. Like you've got your Sichuan, the spicy foods. You've got all the dumplings in the world, which are amazing. There's just so many different types of meat, vegetables, soup, like just, yeah, it's the one that makes me feel like I don't ever need to think about having Chinese food, like ever. I'll just be like, oh, food, that is like the definition (laughs) of food for me, right? And uh, I like, that's what I got today, for example, I didn't want to think about food. And Lord and behold, my phone just, uh, my finger just pressed my phone and it was Chinese food and boom, I was there. And then do you have, like, a preference for, like, Cantonese or, like, you know, northern China or, like... Uh, I think Cantonese is probably is probably my default, yeah. Like, I love dim sum so much, I can probably oh, eat it, same. like, every day for the rest of my life. Same. You know we can get it delivered 
to your door here. No, shut up. And it's good stuff. It's the Michelin restaurant. Yeah, it's like the cheapest Michelin star restaurant. (laughs) Really? So, yeah, man. Like, it's really good. It's really good. Jealous. Okay, my turn. Mm. What is your favorite digital product at the moment? My favorite what? Digital product. So, like, app or, like, whatever, right? Ooh. My favorite app at the moment it has to be headspace for sure um so yeah i use that for meditation uh i started it properly maybe like two weeks ago and like initially it was so tough like who thought concentrating on your breathing could be so difficult like and uncomfortable like i'd be sitting there like going okay i'm gonna focus on my breathing then i'd be like fuck my breathing normally and then I'd be like thinking about like you know my breathing too fast or too slow and then it was just like out of control and then it would go on to like something else but now I really feel the benefits like after when I've like done like a just a 10 minute meditation my body just feels so much lighter um so yeah that is definitely my favorite at the moment yeah I love headspace that's the one I use it's it's great it's great. There's another one called Waking Up. Uh, no, that one that is one. interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's by this like neuroscientist. He's also an author by by trade as well, and he's a very good like public intellectual. I would say that does like lots of debates. And uh, he's got his own one called Waking Up. Yeah, it's great. I mean, his his voice is very kind of monotone, so I have fell asleep a few times. But Headspace is. <laughs> yeah okay uh what's your next one okay who is your inspiration Ooh. in what because i think i have a lot of people that i'm just like oh that guy's cool that guy's cool that's going cool that, you know uh, well your favorite like the biggest biggest inspiration you have like who do you look to most of the time this one is so hard this one is so hard right now because <laughs> like goals, they change with age. So uh, they're usually based on interests. So when I was younger, I loved Bruce Lee, right? Because I loved martial arts. I love how he tied in different elements of his background, like the Wing Chun, the fencing, the boxing, made his own martial art, but tied that in in philosophy because that's kind of the eastern way of looking at uh, an art form right a physical art form and i love that about it like how inventive he was and obviously how kick-ass he was so he is one of those people that i i've always said like i would love to meet him sit down have a beer have dinner whatever it is but i am definitely you know thinking less of his philosophy these days because that's just uh not what my focus is an inspiration i think i spoke about this last podcast i don't know if i should say it maybe it's a risk of sounding repetitive uh okay got it this might be really like meat heady right but i don't i don't care really (laughs) basically joe rogan is not only because he does a podcast right or the the most popular podcast in the world that's not it because he's proven that He's not a one-trick pony, and he's always done it his own way. 
right? And by himself, like he can basically, he's like, you know, one of the most famous UFC commentators in the world, right? He's probably, uh, he's had, you know, black belts in Brazilian jiu-jitsu or, and, and, and taekwondo, right? Um, you know, he has obviously the, one of the most, like the biggest podcast in the world, or the, the most famous podcast in the world. He's also a ridiculously well-paid comedian. Like he's, he can basically do anything he wants to do, right? And I like that mentality, right? And like no boundaries, yeah. Yeah, no boundaries, exactly. We're not one-trick ponies. Don't put me in a fucking box, right? He also proves his work ethic is sort of unparalleled. And people speak about that all the time. And that's something where I'm lacking, I think. Um, because I think about work a lot, but it's, it's the act of actually doing it, right? I don't think I do that enough or I'm not as effective because I kind of drift. Uh, but yeah, he's always at the grind. Like his podcast was nothing, you know, five years ago, but now it's gone like the, you know, the 3000th episode and it's like basically supporting him and his family. His comedy is, I, I still don't really like his comedy that much, but the fact that he's, been doing it for 15 years right from doing tv like he probably was a martial artist at first and then it was like he he basically knows everything about ufc like he's probably one of the most knowledgeable guys about that league and that sort of fighting it's fucking amazing man like it's just uh yeah massive inspiration so what's so good about his podcast like i've heard of it obviously but i've actually never listened to an episode like what's so good about it so I like that it seems like it's quite freeform. Okay. So he's just like, hey, man, what's up? Yeah. And they're like, they might plug the other guest stuff. He has different guests on all the time. And I like it because it's also like, there's no box of like the guest, right? He doesn't talk to one type of person. He'll talk to like a, a, a radical right wing, you know, religious type or a left wing lsd type you know hippie hippie guy or comedians or fighters or authors or you know scientists like everyone's fair game as long as we can talk about cool shit you know yeah. like he passed elon uh, musk a, a spliff right he's drinking whiskey with with like another dude he's had bernie sanders on like it doesn't matter it's just about in, they talk about real shit, like real shit that people should be aware of, you know? Uh, is it quite left-wing kind of podcast? Yeah, sure. But it's really just ideas, right? Like, you can be wrong and it's fine and there's no judgments. Um, people don't like it because he seems like a meathead because he's into, like, fighting and he's got a shaved head. and he, But he's, like, a super intellectual as well, man. Okay, I'll have to give it a listen. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll share my favourite ones with you. Uh, you might like this girl from from singapore she's fucking kick ass uh <laughs> super intelligent quite sarcastic uh but lots of stuff about china's policies and how they actually work and it's it's a really interesting um topic cool send over yeah what are the most important traits that you look for in a friend Ooh. um loyalty like I want a friend who's like fiercely loyal. Second would be ooh, honest. So if I'm, you know, if I'm going down that wrong path, I want that friend to be like, you better fucking stop right now and just say it how it is. 
um yeah because i think definitely like there's there's going to be friends who like don't want to pass that line because they're just too worried like how you're going to react whatever but i want that friend to just be like nah mate um just be honest and the third one would be hmm, it's a good one actually honest and okay like they would need to be like genuinely caring like the way that I treat my friends is like I want them to be like family like I'm gonna check up on them regularly I'm gonna be like yeah I'm just gonna genuinely care for them and like for their well-being and I want like I need my friends to be like supportive and you know when when good things happen they're happy for you um and then when shit hits the fan they're there for you so yeah can i dive into this loyalty thing what do you mean um so i think like i I find this more with like work colleagues um who are like kind of in the friend zone you know area where they're kind of like there'll be times where you'll kind of be in the middle right where you're trying to do the right thing at work but you're also friends with that person and you know I've had a situation where like I've had a work colleague and she's her back on the line to be to defend me at work and I'm like if I were in her position, like, it's, it's very, very difficult. And I even thought about this, like, my own integrity, like, what would I do? But she's such, like, a loyal friend. She would just be like, no, like, that is wrong. And I don't care if this, like, negatively impacts me. Like, I'm just going to say it how it is. And, like, I think that really made me, like, realise, like, that is what a friend is about. And I think it's hard to see that sometimes because, you know, people aren't always in these situations. But um, but I think you learn about that person, about, like, who they are, their, you know, their principles and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, you, you figure out whether they're that, like, kind of loyal friend. And it's, like, so important to see how they treat their other friends as well. Like, if they're, like, so many times I've heard, like, girls bitching about their other girlfriends to me and those girls would be like at their hen do or something and I'm just like what the fuck like and to me that's just really disloyal like you know don't judge your friends and then like talk to me about it like it's just not right so yeah I do really like like, I'm very wary if you know the way people talk to me about like their other friends yeah, because what's to stop them from talking about you like that, right? So you kind of... Yeah, exactly. And that is probably what happens, right? Because it's just what they want to talk about, um, whatever reason. All right. I think I'm ready for my next one. Okay. Oh, God, this is going to be hard, isn't it? No, 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 gonna... no, it's not. It's not, it's not. Um, what is the best piece of advice you can offer someone? The best piece, oh yeah, talk about putting someone on the spot, right? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Like your motto, like what's your like standard motto that you tell yourself that you would like pass on to someone else? 
The standard motto, the one that I keep coming back to, or I think I'm very passionate about, is that you can do what the fuck you want, basically. Right? Like, the world could be constructed in any way, shape, or form you feel fit. So whether it's your relationship life, whether it's your work life, whether it's, like, what you're into, you're switching careers, you're, you know, you're trying to build something else, like... It's all in here, right? It's all in your brain. So it doesn't mean just because there's some constraints, right? That that then takes over, right? Or there's some stigma or there's something around it. Like there's a lots of people like, I think I'm so passionate about this because I think, you know, on some level, I've kind of gone through it and I've really just aligned to my interests and then pursued it didn't really give a fuck about things on the side. I don't, I'm also very privileged to actually have this opportunity. Right. But a lot of people don't even take it there. They're just like, nah, not worth the risk. It's definitely easier to risk when you're younger, right? When you're in your thirties and your forties, it's a lot harder because there's more luggage and baggage, but really just be your own person, right? Don't make it, stop making excuses, right? And I, I say this out loud not to seem like, oh, I'm really good at this. It's also a constant reminder for myself how I want to live. And I think that is why it's my motto, because I'm always trying to like I, I you know, I don't want that traditional life that's set out for me because there is no such thing. Right. We are all here to create these memories and stories. Do it in however way you want, right? There might be best practices along the way and there might be hacks and frameworks, but really it's your own thing, right? So yeah, fucking get on with it, basically. Be what, like, you know, envision what you want to become and then fucking do it. Yeah, just live life without the boundaries. Yeah. Cool, good advice. <laughs> it's cliche as fuck, you know, what, what, can, I, what can I say? <laughs> All right, last question. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, two minds of okay. No, as as we on this topic, I think it's good. What are you most grateful for? What am I most grateful for? Um, at the moment, or do do you mean like just in general, like throughout my whole life? Like, what am I grateful for? Like, is it a bigger thing? Or are you talking about like right now? Like, what feels like most like the thing I'm most grateful for? Bigger thing, please. What am I grateful for? Shit, that's so that's so deep. Um, I'm grateful for my upbringing, like the way I grew up. I feel like even though there has been so much shit in my life, it has shaped me into who I am, and I'm like so grateful for that. Like, because it's opened my mind to like so many different avenues. And I've just become like a deeper thinker because of that, because I've really had to like focus on the things that I can like control in my life. Like, because we all focus too much on things that we can't control, right? So, you know, when you go through like those hard times or, you know, even like the good times, right? They don't, they don't last. So, yeah, I would say like the shit that I've been through and just even just like growing up in like a non third world country like oh my god i'm so grateful for that like the amount of 
things that are going on in this world right now like how could you not be grateful for that so yeah like pretty deep but it's like i'm just grateful for life <laughs> yeah. yeah no that's good that that's a that's a great one all right i think that's a, a perfect way to end it motherfuckers out there be grateful for life and natalie where can the people find you um, I would say Instagram, but I have like two pictures on there. Like I'm so anti-social media. I'm like that type who doesn't change their photo like on Facebook since like, I haven't changed it since 2017, I reckon. Haven't changed my photo since 06 or something, you know? Some... Yeah, but it can also be catfishing, mate. <laughs> like, oh, here, here's a picture of me when I was like super skinny and a teenager. Like everything was perky. Like. Yeah, so my Instagram handle is natalieyfip. Find me on there. Cool. And you can find me at semigrownkid everywhere on the internet. Okay, and with that, we are out. Peace.